Hi, and welcome to this week's LGBT Wellness Podcast. Each week, LGBT HealthLink, a program of Centerlink, brings you a roundup of some of the biggest LGBTQ wellness stories from the past week. Get ready to listen and learn lots. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to find a written version of the roundup that has links to all the stories we're about to dive into. Let's go to our first one of the week, HPV vaccination higher for LGBT people but still low. LGBT Health published a study finding that gay and bisexual men and women were more likely than their heterosexual male and female peers, respectively, to both initiate and complete the three dose of the HPV vaccination, which of course can help to prevent cancer. Sexual minority males were particularly more likely to have gotten vaccinated than were heterosexual males, which is most likely due to the fact that these programs have traditionally targeted girls and young women, despite gay and bi men facing high risk. The bad news is that although LGBT people were doing relatively well, the overall rates of HPV vaccination across the population were really low. Only about 10% of people were fully vaccinated, 10% were partially vaccinated, meaning they hadn't gone in for all three doses, and 80% were unvaccinated against HPV. Next up, approaching health issues for trans individuals. Psychiatric Times published an examination of the health issues facing trans and gender-diverse populations, including elevated rates of a variety of mental behavioral health concerns, which are um, also known as syndemic conditions, basically anything that's um, associated or related to gender identity, even though it doesn't directly have to do with getting gender-affirming care. The researchers employed the Gender Minority Stress and Resilience Model to understand these disparities as a result of encountering uh, discrimination, stigma, and violence relating to someone's gender identity. The authors say that traditional means of addressing a given health issue may not translate for gender-diverse individuals if it relates to their gender identity. So, for example, they use an example of disordered eating if that is the result of someone's gender identity and not feeling accepted by others um, as the, the gender that they identify with, then they may engage in an unhealthy eating practice to try to you know, reach the acceptance that they're looking for. So the intervention and the support provided to that individual need to reflect that unique need, those systemic factors and maybe not employ, you know, whatever the kind of most common um, model is for addressing that issue among someone who's not trans. Um, They encourage folks to look at systemic barriers, these unique issues, but also the resilience that these folks have. That's part of the model, um, the gender minority stress and resilience model, um, because there are uh, a lot of sources of strength there to draw on as well. Now for our next story, Arizona anti-trans bill dies in committee. NBC News reported that a bill in Arizona that would have banned transgender youth from accessing gender-affirming care was effectively killed when three Democrats and one Republican voted against the measure in the applicable committee. The Republican senator broke ranks with his party, which had supported the legislation, after hearing testimony from trans youth and their families that such care had greatly improved their health and, in some cases, saved lives really going to show the importance of getting involved at the state level, you know, local level, um, with policy issues, speaking up about issues that affect you um, can be really powerful, and this is a great example of that happening.
Arizona has been the site of more anti-transgender legislation than any other state so far in 2022, with 15 such bills having been put forward in the past two months. Our next story looks at relationships, sexual partners, and health. Body Image published a study looking at how being or not being in a relationship, as well as the number of past month sexual partners, impacted the body image and eating disorder issues among cisgender gay men. The researchers found that uh, those who were not in a relationship had greater quote-unquote appearance intolerance with respect to how they looked. In other words, those who weren't in a relationship, you know, had more concerns about their body image. They also found that those with a higher number of past month sexual partners um, had more um, quote unquote drive for size and were more likely to use various types of steroids and supplements. The results suggest that in addressing this type of issue among sexual minority men, considering things like relationship status, sexual practices, number of sexual partners could be important because these clearly have some kind of a relation to the issue, you know, whether it's you, you're in a relationship so that eases your body image concerns, or maybe folks who um, have lower body concerns are more able to find a relationship. Um, you know, these things don't necessarily prove causality or which direction um, the arrow is going, but they do show that there is an association. And so these are factors that need to be considered when we're thinking about how to support people. Next up, limited data on LGBT incarceration. LGBT Health published a study in which researchers sought data sets on LGBT people facing incarceration. They found that only five publicly available representative databases were available that included sexual orientation, and none were available that included gender identity, making it difficult or impossible for researchers to assess incarceration-related issues in the LGBT community. The data that was available showed that lifetime prevalence of incarceration was higher for sexual minorities than it was for heterosexual individuals. The range for sexual minorities ranged from 18 to 26 percent, depending on the database, whereas the range for heterosexual individuals was 5 to 21 percent. So clearly um, a disparity here in lifetime prevalence of incarceration, but not enough data um, to really delve into the issue and understand it. And again, no publicly available representative data sets regarding trans folks. And as we just covered last week on the podcast, we know trans individuals are facing a lot of violence and disparities while incarcerated. So, you know, we really need the data to see um, what this population looks like. And finally, we're going to end our week on a positive note, imagining an equitable future. Science Friday published a piece by former Surgeon General David Satcher examining what our healthcare system might look like if it was more equitable. Dr. Satcher explains the history of the Healthy People reports that led to the creation of new institutions and initiatives aimed at reducing health disparities um, from the federal government. However, um, he notes that even in areas where outcomes have improved overall over the past few decades, for example, child mortality or HIV, the disparities haven't necessarily improved. So maybe everyone's doing better than they were 20 years ago, but the difference between black and white individuals, for example, that difference hasn't closed. Um, these disparities could mean um, greatly reducing the number of deaths if we're able to address them, um, also improving lives and increasing insurance access. There would be millions of people um, you know, who are able to access insurance if those disparities were to go away. 
And Dr. Satcher argues that we cannot address um, any of the health disparities individually without tackling the underlying social determinants of health, quote, including the public health system itself, unquote. So definitely um, a powerful message there um, and uh, worth checking out the article and hearing more about Dr. Satcher's really inspiring story and some of the work that he's been involved in over the decades in addressing disparities um, here in the U.S. Well, that does it for another week of our LGBT Wellness Roundup. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Uh, Don't forget that you can go to blog.lgbthealthlink.org if you want to click on those links and check out any of those great stories for yourself. And I hope you'll tune in next week for the next edition of our Roundup.